I went camping and I kept hearing this noise. It sounded almost like a cow, but it was very metallic. I could tell it was something living. It was halfway between an air horn and a moo. It was much creepier than I am making it sound, trust me. I knew it was coming deep from the throat of something alive. It would go off every 30 to 120 seconds. It came in bursts of 3 and 5 in a very rhythmic fashion, each sound lasting exactly a second. There were definitely multiples as some were close by, maybe 150 meters, and others were almost out of earshot. Sometimes multiples would go off at once. This happened all night. The only time they stopped is when I heard multiple sets of footsteps outside my tent, heavy and irregular, just shuffling by. It felt as if the beings were investigating us. They moved away and the sounds resumed, but slightly faster and closer. What the FCK? I don't know what it was. I was told by someone that it was a type of bird, but it sounded like they were on the ground, and I have been trying to find a bird that sounds like this with no luck. It sounded too birdy to be a bird too. It could have been some sort of machine set up in the middle of nowhere, but I don't know what that would be. It could have been supernatural or just plain human. I was traveling alone in southern France. One particular night, I decided to camp above a little beach on the outskirts of Nice. There were no flat spots, so I didn't pitch a tent and slept in my sleeping bag on a sloped patch of grass. I got a terrible night of sleep due to a beach cleaning truck, a group of teenagers that walked by, this startled me and them, and my bad choice of sleeping location. I woke up early in the morning to find that someone had taken my pack of cigarettes that were sitting inches from me as I slept, which is creepy as hell now that I think about it. The next day, I decided to go snorkeling and stashed my backpack in a bush. I returned to find that someone had stolen half my clothes, my journal, my souvenirs, and all my toiletries, along with some electronics, I know, I'm an idiot. This was pretty devastating, but the snorkeling was amazing. Later that evening, I was talking to a local fisherman on the beach, and I mentioned what happened. He said someone was probably watching me that morning, and saw me stash my stuff. None of this seemed too weird at the time, but looking back, it's really creepy. I was camping with a couple of friends in the woods about an hour away from my hometown. We explored the woods during the day and set up tents to stay the night. I woke up staring at the night sky and feeling rather cold and confused. I sat up and the realization hit me. I was in the middle of a small graveyard. Needless to say, I was extremely freaked out and it took me a while to gather myself and leave. I eventually found a landmark we walked past during the day and made my way back to the campsite. I didn't bother mentioning it to anyone as I was still unsure how it happened. We walked past the graveyard the next day. It was a good 20 minute walk from the campsite, and I'd never seen or heard of it before. I used to be prone to sleepwalking in my youth, 
But this episode freaked me out to the core. Back when I was younger, it was my best friend's 15th birthday. Instead of having a party, her mom promised to let her go on a camping trip without her parents with a few of her friends. She invited me and two of our friends, but they both backed out at the last minute. That made it just me and my best friend, alone in the woods. This wasn't a camping ground or anything, just a large forest about 10 miles away. We set up camp, and eventually night fell. After we fell asleep, hours later, my friend was shaking me awake in the middle of the night. I quickly sat up, and she clamped a hand over my mouth before I could question her. She then pointed to the side of the tent. The inside of the tent was lit up by the electronic lantern we left on overnight, and outside of the tent was the clear silhouette of a figure standing. We didn't dare move, or reach over to the other side of the tent to get our phones, scared we would make a noise. We were just frozen in fear, silently crying as we began hearing a man's deep, slow breathing. I thought I was going to die that night. All I did was pray in my mind to let me live to see tomorrow. I don't know how long he was there for. It felt like 20 minutes, but it could have been much shorter. He just moved, and began walking away. As soon as his footsteps seemed far enough in the distance, I scrambled for my phone and texted my mom to call 911. It was 3 AM. And we didn't sleep for the rest of the night. Maybe we were just being paranoid, but I'll always wonder what he might have done. The worst part was that after the police arrived and interviewed us, they scoped the woods for the man and found nothing. But on the ground they discovered a large garbage bag about 50 yards away. Weeks later, we learned that the bag was full of girl panties and fingernails. The police did forensic DNA tests but nothing came up and we'll never know who that man is or where the garbage bag came from. I suffer from extreme anxiety and paranoia now, and I've never gone camping since. When I was a kid, my parents, my best friend, Juan, and I went to New York for the wedding of our second grade teacher. We knew him because he was my teacher and her because she knew my parents pretty well from this ESL class they were taking, which is why we were invited. Her parents had rented all these cabins for guests to stay at in the middle of the woods, and me and my friend were pumped to stay there. My parents got the bedroom, and me and Juan got to stay in the living room. There was a TV there, and after my parents went to sleep, Juan and I watched this movie or TV show about aliens. I don't remember what it was, but we were young and it kind of freaked me out. I tried to act tough, like I wasn't scared when we eventually went to bed, but I was. After I finally went to bed, I had this vivid dream about being captured by aliens and them doing these experiments on me. When they started doing stuff to my head, I woke up, relieved to realize it was all a dream. But then I still felt like something was trying to get its way into my head and I screamed and jumped up. My dad ran out asking what was wrong, and Juan was freaking out as well, probably equally as affected by the movie as I was. 
It was my dog, Snoopy, who was still a puppy, biting at my hair. He had come with us on this trip, and he sat there with a huge grin on his face. I mean, it might not be as bad as most of the stories here, but when you're a kid and are having dreams of aliens doing all sorts of experiments and wake up feeling like something is trying to get into your head, it's pretty terrifying. I arrived at the first campground as a visitor from Western Europe. At the entrance there was a warning sign. Bear in the area. This will not be relevant. It was early August, just 100 kilometers east of Vancouver, and it was full of people. We picked one of the last remaining spots. We arrived around 10 p.m., pitched our small tent, armed ourselves with bear mace, and went to sleep around 11 p.m. The next morning, we set an alarm to go off at 5 a.m. just to get a head start. We wanted to drive another 600 kilometers that day. We woke up, stretched ourselves in the cold morning air, looked around, and everyone we saw when we arrived? Gone. I work at a summer camp in Algonquin Park in the summers and have almost 200 days worth of canoe trip experience. By far, the creepiest and most strange experiences are the ones involving hermits. And everyone who has been on a large number of tripping days has won. The worst one I've heard was... There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. From the leader of another trip opposite of me. She woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of someone rummaging through their food pack. She called out, thinking it was an animal and she could scare it off. It stopped what it was doing. There was silence for a couple of minutes, then it walked over towards the tent and stopped just outside of it. The fly was on, so she couldn't see out but could hear breathing. The person then walked off and she heard them shuffling around with the food pack before leaving. In the morning, she found the pack deliberately packed back up and a few items of food missing. The one that was real life scary was finding the burnt out trailer of an elderly couple who had gone missing on a drive across the mountains to go visit family on the coast. The trailer had been set on fire less than 300 feet away from a small, isolated campground that I would go to several times every summer. Apparently, 
There were other people camping there on the day of the murder, and they said there was some smoke coming from the wooded area off the campground, but somehow no one thought anything of it. There was a very long, protracted investigation because the bodies were never found, but the suspect has finally been found guilty of the second-degree murder of the two seniors. It was very spooky to see the charred remains of the trailer surrounded by police tape, knowing that those two old folks could have been killed in that trailer, or even burnt there. I was a boy scout when I was younger, and there was a camp that we had to go to where they conducted a confidence exercise in the middle of the forest called the solo walk and solo sleep. Basically, they would get us to walk down a straight stretch of road alone in the dead of the night until we met one of our seniors. The seniors organized the camp. The straight stretch of road was in the middle of the forest. Anyway, when we met our seniors, they would tell us to walk off the road into the forest, about 50 meters in, and find a clearing. We would then have to sleep alone in the forest for the night. So I did my thing and met my senior, found a clearing, laid out my ground sheet, and went to sleep. It all went normal until the next morning, when I woke up. I remember waking up because my feet were cold. Lo and behold, it was because both my shoes and socks had been taken off, and stranger yet, they were laid neatly side by side with the toes facing away from me, right in front of my chest. What I found really creepy is that I'm a really light sleeper, the type that wakes up in the middle of the night if someone quietly opens the door to my room. There is absolutely no way that someone would have taken off my shoes and my socks without me waking up at night, and I definitely have no recollection of waking up or being woken up by something like this. I know it's not really creepy per se, but I was 14 years old then and you can imagine I was in the middle of the forest alone. It was hugely scary and I still get chills to this day just thinking about it. I don't camp often, and it's usually with large groups when I do. But on our way to Maine from Alabama, me and my girlfriend stopped at Hone Quarry Campground in the George Washington and Jefferson National Forest just outside of Harrisonburg, VA where we met some really cool folks and played Pokemon Go. That town was awesome. Anyway, there was nothing too unusual until we got our camp set up and were ready for bed. For some reason, something felt off. She felt it too. I was tired from driving all day, but didn't feel like I could get to sleep because of the uneasy feeling. After laying awake for maybe half an hour, I realized what it was. It was dead silent, and had been the whole time. It was the beginning of summer in the mountains of Virginia. There was a stream nearby. There should have been a lot of noise from wildlife. Nocturnal mammals frolicking around. Millions of bugs trying to get laid. Nothing. It might have been my paranoia, but that feeling of something watching you kicked in and I spent the next several hours completely terrified. Neither of us had phone service or weapons, and we were the only ones at the campground all night. After a bit, I started hearing the sound of twigs snapping in the distance. Something big was moving around, slowly. 
Fortunately, it never got particularly close, at least not close enough to see in the moonlight. About 2 a.m., some birds moved into the area and started chirping, and I was able to fall asleep. We stopped there again on the way back to Alabama. I set up camp again, but this time there was a family nearby with an RV. We set up the camp, settled in and fell asleep to frolicking mammals and bugs trying to get laid. Until sometime in the early a.m., when I woke up sharply to dead silence and the same feeling of being watched, where I stayed until the sun rose and we packed and left. Next time we make the trip, we're staying in Shenandoah on the opposite side of the highway. GW and J is just creepy all around. Some of the other campsites have creepy stories online, and I expect there were plenty more if I had gotten to speak more with the locals. Not creepy or strange, but scary as hell. I was in my tent. The screen was closed but the outer flap was open, so I could still look out over the lake. I was relaxing and reading when I heard rustling. A moose cow is about 20 feet away. I believe she was looking around. I believe she could smell me but she couldn't figure out where I was. Now there's no calf, and it isn't mating season, so I'm not particularly worried at this point, and figure if I just stay quiet, she'll wander away. Then I heard the plane. Coming in low, and I couldn't tell which direction. She heard it, too. Now I have an issue. She's between me and the lake. She has three directions she's going to run in, and I happen to be in the path of one of them. I've got a 1 in 3 chance of being run over by a moose. The plane gets closer and louder and, after what felt like forever, comes in low just over our heads and scares the bejesus out of both of us. Thankfully, it came from the left, sending her running the other direction, and I was safe. I thought of a creepy one. In the same area, a few years earlier, my brother and I were camping. The first night, it rained pretty heavily, and I started hearing something hit my tent. It was random, and loud, and would not stop. I called over to my brother, and he was hearing it, too. After a while, I got fed up and shined my light out. Nothing. Not a thing. The noise stopped while I was looking around, and I could not figure it out. It starts again a few moments later, after crawling back into the tent. Thump against the tent randomly. So this time, my brother checks. And when he shines the light towards my tent, I see in silhouette the monstrous form of a bullfrog. Frogs were coming out of the lake in droves. We had a laugh about what cowards we were and went to bed. Camping solo in western Montana is about 300 meters above the Clark Fork River. I woke up to the sound of something moving around outside my tent. I had a shotgun, so I felt a modicum of safety. Eventually, it stopped. I waited another 20 minutes or so and went out to pee before I went back to sleep. I turned on my headlamp and was staring into the eyes of a mountain lion about 40 meters up the hill. 
I yelled at it loudly, and it turned and took off. I didn't sleep well the rest of that night. When I woke up in the AM, there were cougar prints all over the outside of my tent. My troop was at summer camp about three years ago. My friend and I had recently turned 15 and were excited to have this time away from our parents. Now, I should preface this with some information on where we were. We were in the middle of a national forest at a Boy Scout camp. We didn't know it at the time, but the campsites were originally slaves' quarters during the Civil War. But we were sleeping in big canvas tents that had a wooden floor, think wooden pallet, with a twin-sized cot on each side of the tent. There is a two-foot gap between the beds in the middle of the tent. So on the third night, Austin, alias, couldn't sleep. So I went to bed while he played on his phone. I slept fine. I woke up once when I got too hot in the sleeping bag, but it was a good night's rest. The next day, Austin asked why I stood up in the middle of the night. Obviously, I didn't stand up, so I asked him what he was talking about. He told me he saw a shadow standing over my bed at about midnight. He called my name, and I didn't answer. He said that he figured I was ignoring him, but when he shined his phone over to me, he only saw me sleeping. When he turned his phone off, he could see the shadow again. We learned the next day that our campsite was the place where some slaves were murdered and stuffed. So we slept with a flashlight the rest of the week. Commenting on behalf of my father our family is fortunate enough to have a little log cabin on a patch of land amongst the mountains of interior British Columbia. There is no internet or cell reception, and electricity is limited to whatever is generated by a small solar panel. It's incredibly secluded, with no other inhabitants for miles, save for an older couple that live there year-round. They are firm believers in living in harmony with all the creatures that call that mountain home, and even tend to a number of grapevines solely for the local black bears to consume. As a result, it's not uncommon for various predators to coexist in close proximity to our property. During the spring of 2014, several renovations were being done at the cabin, including the addition of a flush toilet outhouse not far from the main building. That spring, my father took a solo trip up to check on the contractor's progress with only our 35 pounds, Wheaton Terrier for company. At this point, the toilet had been installed, but the outhouse had yet to be built around it, and so it sat, exposed, under an old pine tree. With the builders gone, when nature called, my father's only thought was the glory of crapping in the open air. Then he heard the creaking of branches above him. Looking up, he saw two young black bear cubs perched directly above. At that point, he also heard huffing behind him. Not ten feet away was Mama Bear, foaming at the mouth and pawing at the ground, ready to charge. At this point, my dad realized he was going to die, and if it weren't for a 35 pounds dog, he would have. The dog had been asleep on the front porch, opposite the site of the future outhouse, 
but was roused by the sounds of the mama bear. She rounded the corner with an aggressive bark, detracting the bear's attention and causing her to alter the course of her charge. They got within a few feet of each other before veering sharply away. Black bears are known to fake charges, but what really saved my father's life was our dog's instinct to run away from him, luring the bear in her direction rather than returning to him. After a few false charges, with my father safely inside the cabin, he called for the dog to return, and they watched from within its safety as the mother bear cautiously returned to retrieve her two young cubs. I treat that dog to a blue steak every time I come home. I have no doubt my father would not be alive today if not for her. I live in Malaysia, and we have lots of superstitious beliefs around here. One thing that my friend always reminds us of is not to leave food uncovered. But there's this one time where we were too tired to clean our campsite properly after dinner, we are a bunch of trail runners. We did a long distance run during the day in the woods before picking a spot to camp, and left a half-roasted chicken uncovered. It was on a plate outside our tent where we put all our cooking equipment. The next day, the only thing left from the roasted chicken was its bare bones. We look at each other, feeling puzzled as to who woke up at night and polished off the chicken. All five of us deny it. Even though it's weird, we left it at that. We assumed it must be some wild animal eating it, but this looks suspicious. We packed and moved on to the next spot. That night, one girl woke up because she heard noises from our makeshift kitchen. It sounded like someone was eating noisily and quickly. She peered through the small window of her tent and saw a black shadow. The thing looks like a very tall man, eating our leftovers. This time we covered everything and even placed the food in containers. The thing then roams around our campsite. She said it was the scariest thing she's ever experienced because she wasn't sure what the thing was. The sound it makes when it walks around the campsite is like a prisoner dragging a chained ball behind it. The next day, all of our leftovers were gone. Originally, we planned to make it to the next campsite, but after the incident, we agreed the thing must have followed us from the night before, so we packed up and left. It still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. My family and I were camping at Gold Bluff Beach in California. After dinner and s'mores, my brother and I were sharing a tent. We were younger, around 11 and 12, and he went out to take a piss. Just outside the front of the tent, then I heard a loud fart. Fart that sounds ridiculously wet. I started laughing my ass off, and so did he, my brother. We started blaming each other for the dank dookie bubble butt, but we quickly came to the conclusion that it was neither of us. Our parents were sleeping in a camper mounted on the 69-100 long bed, and we knew it couldn't possibly be them. So my bro, Jesse, quickly fell inside the tent, and I zipped it up and Jess grabbed the flashlight. After a long two minutes of us whispering, we got the balls to go out and see what the hell was out there. There it was. 
At least a 500-pound black bear was staring at us 10 feet away from the tent scavenging for food. My brother and I were scared shitless, but he immediately started screaming and running after the bear like some savage Viking beast. That bear bounced so fast that you would have missed it in the blink of an eye. My younger autistic brother was my hero that day. My parents obviously came out to check on us. It was a weird conversation, but it was their fault for leaving food out at the campsite. Here are two of my stories. I went camping in high school with some buddies. I brought a bunch of booze onto a huge piece of trespassers will be shot property. I got drunk, built a fire, and went to sleep. I woke up to a truck driving over the gravel road a couple dozen yards from the campsite. The truck stops, sits there, revs the engine, and turns off. No one says a word. The guy in the truck calls out to us, but no one answers. The truck starts back up and keeps driving. On our way out the next day, we came across a truck parked on the road. I can't see anyone in it, but the windows are down. Buddy goes to check it out and says there's a guy in the truck sleeping. Guy is actually dead, of a heroin odd. It took an hour for the police to get there. That's a nasty way to go. Don't do drugs. Second story my best friend's family owns a ranch. We have close to 100 acres of fenced pasture for a couple of cows, one yak, several goats, and three horses. I went fishing with my buddy, had a fry up on a campfire, and spent the night under the stars, cowboy style. In the middle of the night, we wake up to screaming. It was a loud, shrill, terrifying scream. He brought his flashlight, and we both brought pistols. I ran to the screaming and found out one of the horses had fallen into a fresh sinkhole and broken both front legs. Horrifying breaks, bones poking out. I had to put that horse down on the spot. That's a noise you never forget. Terrifying. We used to camp at the base of a mountain in a holler. If you walked or drove up the mountain on this little dirt road, there was a general store. I've been there for years. One day at dusk, while my cousin and I were goofing around, hitting each other with frisbees trying to leave bruises, a man in a long-ass trench coat who looked like a character out of a horror movie came walking down slowly. We kept glancing at him until he made it to the bottom. Expected to turn into the other area where people usually stay. He didn't. Instead, he walked directly towards us. As calmly as I could, I walked to my tent, pulled my dot .45, and put it in the back of my waistband. A few seconds later, he stopped, turned around, and walked right back up the mountain, and we never saw him again. The next day, we went back up the hill and told the guy in the store what had happened, and he described the guy. He said he was actually in the store at the time, sitting at the table by the window, but didn't see anyone pass. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As by being rural, I've got a lot of crazy stories. But that one still sends shivers up my spine. When I was about seven, we moved from England to South Africa. School started at a different time of year. So we went on a three-month camping trip through Malawi, Botswana, Zimbabwe, and Mozambique with my family and some family friends. The scariest would probably be in Botswana. In the middle of the Kalahari, we were watching lions from the roof of our Land Rover at sunset. They started chasing us, so we drove off, back towards the campsite, about 10 kilometers away. That night, my sister and I were asleep in the tent, the adults were still awake. One of the women was out on the bush toilet. Shovel and camping chair with a hole in it. She was surrounded by those lions that we saw earlier. The lions left, and she made it back to the camp, terrified but alive. Shortly after the entire pride walked through the campsite, my mom dived into the tent to keep us from wandering outside. The British couple hid in the Land Rover while my dad and godfather climbed on top, bashing pans, making noise and shining spotlights at them. Eventually they left, but I remember the noise from just centimeters away from me. The lions were sniffing the outside of the tent, being separated by a few millimeters of canvas and being 40 or more kilometers from any help. It was pretty scary. The lions also stole our tent bag, but we found it lying in the road when we left the park. 
but a few friends and I went on an afternoon hike when we got really lost and ended up still lost past midnight. There were like five of us with only one working flashlight. We were at a trail on this high hilly area overlooking a lot of areas down below and were about to settle in and stay put there until sunrise. Then, all of a sudden, a car came out of nowhere, about a few hundred feet below us. We saw the headlights and could make out it was a truck. It stopped with its headlights still on. We decide to run down and flag them down for assistance. Suddenly thought against it when we heard some sort of argument or shouting from the truck. We watched still, deciding where we should go down for help. All of a sudden, we heard a loud pop and a flash. The shouting stopped. We froze and had no idea what happened. We were dead silent. A few minutes later, one of the people from the truck emerged with a flashlight, seemingly scanning for something around. We all, as silent as possible, got up and started walking slowly and quietly away, backtracking from the way we came and wishing the person with the flashlight did not end up walking up to our trail, finding us. We ended up walking non-stop until sunrise in paranoia until we finally stumbled upon a road and found our way back. To this day, I still have no idea what happened there. I was in scouts when I was younger. Naturally, as an idiot teen from a generally ghetto lower class neighborhood, I began smoking at a young age. One night on a weekend camping trip, I was craving a cigarette in the middle of the night, so I grabbed my pack and silently slipped away down the trails towards the nearby creek. I knew the trails well enough that I could navigate them deaf, dumb, and blind, but I still brought my flick blade and a flashlight because I'm not completely stupid. I was walking down this trail when I noticed how many stars I could see out in the middle of nowhere. The woods had always fascinated me, and the sounds of the crickets were deafening, with periodic specks of yellow dotting my vision as if the lightning bugs were dancing along to the symphony of crickets and rustling leaves. So I got to the creek and lit up my cigarette and just sat there and chilled under the moonlight. When you grew up poor in a very lower class area, moments like these were serene and relaxing couldn't begin to describe them. I finished and field stripped my cigarette, take the cotton out, dispose of the paper, and debated smoking another because I was really enjoying my little piece of heaven out there by the creek. Out of nowhere, and to this day I'll never know what made me do it, I stood up, whipped out my knife and turned around to face the woods. I didn't see anything, hear anything, or sense anything. For no apparent reason. It was like something in the back of my mind just screamed at me, stand up, get ready to kill. I just stood there, knife in hand, for what seemed like an eternity, watching and waiting, and didn't know why. But I was angry. If any of you have ever been in a street fight, that anger you feel, that anger that drives you to try to hurt the other person as much as possible, that is the best way to describe the anger I felt as I stood there. It was like I was locked in place, something boiling up inside of me telling me I needed to get ready for. I don't know what. The noise stopped. 
The deafening cacophony of crickets fell silent all at once. It's like every living thing in those woods just up and vanished. I swear I could hear my heartbeat because it was so silent. The next thing I knew, that desire to hurt whatever the F I was waiting for had vanished, replaced by what I still consider to be the most genuine terror I have ever experienced, mind you. Me and my friends had been shot at and chased before, back home. I took off. I didn't know what was there or if anything was there at all, but I took the F off and ran like I had never run before. I didn't look back. I didn't want to look back. I just wanted to get away, and I didn't know why. I eventually made it back to our site and the sounds of crickets resumed, but I refused to sleep that night. It's been years and I still don't have a clue what was out there and what made me react the way I did. But yeah, it freaked me the F out. This is not technically a camping story, but seeing how my parents' farm is near some woods and engulfed in pitch black, I'll include it. Anyways, it's winter and my job is to make sure animals are okay through the night. I like to walk around the farm in complete darkness. The reason being, have you ever shown a torch on cow eyes? All you can see is dark and two eyes reflecting, and it's kind of creepy. Anywho, I've grown accustomed to walking in darkness and know my farm pretty well. One night, I'm going through the rigmarole of making sure everything is okay and it's pretty late in the middle of winter, about 2 AM, and there is snow everywhere. I walk outside, take my torch just in case, and check on the animals. I walk around the back of my shed, which is parallel to a large open field, and instantly know something is watching me. How do I know this? All of our animals are in their respective sheds, and whatever is walking in the muddy field is making a lot of grunting loud noises. I suspect either poachers or thieves, so I make my way back to the house. Freak out because I'm only 14 and step back and hide in the rim of the tractor tire, and wait until the thing passes me, and wait a few minutes until I realize that I've not locked the door to my house and whatever they are could be ransacking my parents' house or worse. Anyways, I walk carefully back around to the house and see my mom's jeep running with everything lit up and my house door open. Everything kind of clicked and I just ran the F out of there and ran across eight or nine fields to my neighbors to ring the police because this thing was way out of my league. Anyways, the neighbors gave me a ride back to my farm and the police were already there. Turns out a guy had gone out for his Christmas due at the pub down the road. Instead of walking straight through the public footpath, he walked right and walked to our farm and tried to get help. He walked in the house picked up the keys, and started the car to keep warm. Lucky for him, my parents are super canny and they didn't want to convict him. Apologies for grammar, spelling, and the wall of text. I was cycling through the middle of Australia at the time and camping at night. There was a terrible mouse plague when I made the trip. The mice would go frantic for food. So I thought I'd keep the food inside the tent. This was a bad idea because it meant the mice hung outside the tent. One night, 
A pack of dingoes came for the mice, right outside the tent, and I could hear them snapping and snarling and going for the mice. They were howling and calling others over. The most sleepless, terrifying night of my life. My story isn't particularly creepy or horror-based, but one time I was on a canoe trip with family and friends when some large clouds passed overhead. We pulled up to a beach and pitched the tent, but the wind had already picked up significantly. My younger brother was tasked with sitting in the tent to hold it down because we couldn't even set it up. The next thing we know, the tent is actually being moved like three feet in the air with him in it and the wind was insanely loud. We had three canoes at the time, and one of them got picked up and flung about 100 feet down shore. We all hid in the tents and heard one of the loudest bangs ever and a huge flash. A massive tree crashed in the woods behind the tents and we were all huddled in the tent hoping it wouldn't get worse. It finally ended and all of our canoes were gone, as were some of our supplies. It turned out a tornado had landed about a football field away and had barely, barely missed us. It was honestly the most terrifying experience ever. I was 14 and in the Boy Scouts, and we were on a canoeing trip down the Buffalo River in Arkansas. It was a six-day trip, and it was just our little crew of about 10 boys and three adults. We had not seen anyone outside of our crew for days. We would canoe several miles and pick some random spot to sleep each night. This one night, me and a friend decided we were not going to sleep in the tent. We wanted to sleep in some hammocks by the river. I woke up sometime in the middle of the night being eaten alive by mosquitoes and decided that this was a stupid idea and began walking to my tent that my tent buddy had set up and was sleeping in without me. The field we chose to camp on that night was quite large, so the tents were spread out very far apart. I was walking by one of the tents when I saw this shape huddled up next to it. I assumed it was the boy's backpack, but it was oddly shaped and could have been a person. It was very dark and I couldn't see. For some reason, I decided to kick it while I was walking past to make sure it was just a bag. When I kicked it, it grunted in pain. It surprised the hell out of me. You must understand that we were in the middle of nowhere. I was out in the wilderness, so my first thought was that Adam, the guy who was supposed to be sleeping in that tent, was outside of it for some reason. So I knelt down beside him and asked, what are you doing out here? The man replied, I like you people. That's when my heart nearly exploded out of my chest. This was a stranger. This was not Adam. Fear seized me. I noticed he had a knife in a sheath on his belt loop. I was trying my best to stay calm. I will never understand why I thought that I needed to get that knife away from him. I should have run screaming, but I didn't want to alarm him. I went to grab the knife and he grabbed my arm and said, you need to go to bed, I said, okay and got up and walked the remaining 100 or so feet to my tent. I woke up my tent mate, damn near hysterical. I just knew he was going to come in any second and kill us. I woke him up and told him the story, 
And he, being much braver than me, went out there and walked around, and came back and said he didn't see anyone and he thought I was making the whole thing up. The next morning, when I woke up, he woke me up and told me the adults wanted to talk to me. I walk out of the tent and I can see people's stuff just strewn everywhere. Apparently, the guy, whoever he was, was going outside each tent and going through the backpacks looking for stuff to steal, I guess. One of the adults had an expensive camera missing. The adults went and searched for signs that someone else was on this part of the river, but never found anyone or anything. To date, that is the scariest moment of my life, and though I am 36 years old and my wife mocks me, I still sleep with a night light. A few years ago, I did a four-week-long hiking trip in northern Norway and Sweden. Not too far from Abisko it was early August, so the sun only goes down for a couple hours and it doesn't really get completely dark. My four expedition mates and I decided to do a night hike one evening, opting to lounge around during the day and then hike the five or six miles to our next camp starting around 10 p.m. This was all off trail. By 1.30 a.m. or so, a fog had started to set in and visibility was piss poor. We were hiking across a ridge, and it was eerily quiet, too. That's when we stumbled across this weird rock formation. A bunch of stones were aligned in a circle, sort of like a mini Stonehenge. Looking back, it's almost certain that this was some sort of shrine constructed by the indigenous Sami people, but I just remember how it sent shivers up my spine. Super eerie. My friend came back from a trip spooked out. They went camping for a few days, and on the way out into nowhere after four hours, they passed a tarp. They assumed it was garbage and went to see if it was trash they should come back for. They found hunting supplies, ammo, sleeping bags, air-sealed food packs, etc. They look around and don't see anybody, so they take off on their trip, assuming someone was coming back for it. Coming back through, they went to check out the tarp site and found a bloody $10 in coins all over the ground. The tarp was ripped to shreds, the expired ammo rounds were all over, yet the food was untouched. They didn't want to touch anything again and kept heading back to civilization. A few minutes later, they came across two fingers on the ground. Another five minutes later, they found bloody bandages strewn across the trail. Further down, they found a bloody grocery bag with something in it, but nobody wanted to see what it was. They noped the F out of that and booked it back as fast as possible. I'll classify this one under strangest. I have an annual tradition of going to Yosemite every year. This was probably the second or third year in a row that we went. I'm a fairly experienced camper, but this particular year, I had forgotten about a few items in my backpack and tossed them into the tent. These items attracted the attention of our neighborly raccoons. When I got back to the tent, I noticed there was movement inside, and as I approached, 
the raccoons bolted out of the tent. Inside, they had opened up the backpack, but instead of just ripping it apart and throwing things everywhere, they had systematically taken things out of the pack and laid them out rather neatly. And it even appeared they were searching for a particular flavor of Cliff Bar because one was eaten but the other wasn't. Well, later that night, as we were all asleep, I heard my tentmate yell in fear. There was a short struggle, and then he was quiet. I was sleepy as hell and figured if something was wrong, he'd yell again. But he didn't, so I went back to sleep. The next morning, I asked him what happened. He said he had heard a noise and woke up. He looked out the door of the tent and saw a pair of eyes looking straight back at him. In fear, he yelled and then punched the eyes. Yep, he had punched the raccoon that came back for more. I had long waited to climb Mount Washington in New Hampshire, and finally, my friends and I had found a weekend where we were all free. I, being the proactive citizen I am, decided to look into campgrounds the day of. As you can imagine, this went spectacularly. I ended up finding a road that had a few tent sites here and there, but it was close to the mountain and free, so I decided that we'd just go there. After many delays, we ended up leaving at 10 p.m. I live in Massachusetts, so it's like maybe a three-hour drive, plus an hour of breaks, gas refills, eating, etc. It's the middle of the night, and we're driving through a rural town with virtually no inhabitants and few working lights when the GPS signals us to turn left. We comply and enter this unpaved and abandoned road. Not a single car in sight. The trees are incredibly thick. The road is thin and gets thinner as we're moving along in the car. Oh! And what's this? We're nearly out of gas. Wonderful it's a very eerie sensation to have your headlights on on a road like that. It's very much like a horror movie, where you expect some creature to just wander past the car. And as for the rear window, it's as if somebody dropped a black curtain above it. Eventually, we start passing sites that look like tents are supposed to be in them. Now, we're all pretty spooked. We're 10 miles away from anybody, our gas is practically gone, friend was too stubborn to backpedal and refill, we have no service on our phones, and we have a vague idea of where we are. And it's 2 in the morning. We pull to the side of the road and one of our friends and I decided to see if there was actually a site nearby. Remember Slender? That's us with a flickering flashlight in the middle of nowhere. About two seconds into searching, the light dies. It's okay. There's moonlight and the faint glow of the Milky Way. I'll be able to squish. Phone on. Blood trail a huge pile of guts. Touch to feel the temperature. Warmer blood, warmer guts. Nope the hell out of there. We drove for another two miles down the road and decided we'd sleep in the car instead of the tent. Anyways, we make it out, yay, the next morning. We decide to climb a difficult route. Tuckerman's Ravine. People have died on the trail because of avalanches. The climb up is lonely and hard. 
We passed only one other group, and it was a brief meeting. We ascended upwards, and I kept noticing bits of bare excrement. Followed by more, and then a bit more. And the clouds are starting to roll in. Big time maybe we should go back. Nah, that's pansy stuff. The clouds are really looking dark now, and the poop piles are following the same path. Wait, we've been down this path before. And we've been here, too. We're lost. Oh boy. In the end, we did find our way up. Fortunately, it did not rain while we were climbing up, but it did rain while we were climbing down. Oh man. We hitchhiked down and we never ran into a bear. It was a memorable trip. Not the creepiest on the list by far, but when you're put into something like that where it's like oh, there are bears nearby and oh, nobody knows where you are including yourself, with a tad bit of wow, that weather looks like the best weather to go climbing on slippery rocks, you kind of wake up to the fact that camping can be scary. I'll provide pics of the road later if anybody wants them. I think I have the road name somewhere, too. I'm sure the story was pretty boring. I will let it later. It's late now, and I just wanted to write it down so I wouldn't forget about it. I unknowingly slept next to a suicide when I went camping up by the Mogul Lone Rim in northern Arizona with some friends over the summer. We arrived at midday on a Friday and picked a spot that was pretty deep in the woods. There was only one other car at the site, about 50 feet from where we set up. We arrived and thought it was strange that there was only a car and no tent, but we didn't think much of it. The next day, we woke up pretty early and there was still no tent. My girlfriend walked a bit closer as you couldn't see anything other than the car from where our tent was. She said that there was a man taking a nap, but she didn't have her contacts on at the time as we had just woken up. I decided that if he was still sleeping by noon, I'd go check on him again. Sure enough, we didn't see any movement at that time, so I went to go see if he was alright. Nope. He was laying up against a log, gun in his hand, lying in his lap, freshly gone just a jar of peanut butter and water next to him. He had a fairly new car too, which for some reason surprised me. There was no service where we were, so we had to hike down the road a few miles to call the police. It took them a few hours to get there. We slept there one more night after they took the body. Put all the food in the car and went to bed. I woke up in the middle of the night because my buddy Fred was unzipping the tent to go for a pee. Only it wasn't Fred. It was a trash panda who unzipped the tent flap and walked in. I sat staring at it for 30 seconds before yelling and waking up the others in my tent. My heart was beating out of my chest because I was afraid the raccoon would run amuck in the tent and tear it to shreds. The raccoon bolted out of the open flap with a blanket in tow. We all sat in shock at what had just happened before laughing and heading back to bed. In the morning, we found the discarded blanket not far from camp, with the remainders of a chip bag. 
Good old Fred had hidden away a bag of ketchup chips for a midnight snack and was afraid he would get yelled at. So he wrapped it in a blanket. Fred still got yelled at. So if you ever go to Philmont, you'll learn about a landmark called Araca Mesa. It has a reputation for being extremely haunted with stories of evil spirits, ghosts, and imps. I had to stay up there for my solo days, days where I spent my time all alone. I'll admit, what happened could have definitely been psychosomatic, but it felt completely real. On my second day of isolation, I started to see this dark figure in the corner of my eye. I chalked it up to my eyes playing tricks on me, but it kept on happening. That night, as I slept under my makeshift shelter, I suddenly woke up to two yellow eyes staring at me. I swear I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I had only a sleeping bag for protection, no pocket knife or anything. After a few minutes of complete paralysis, the thing disappeared and I could move again. I immediately scampered off to our base camp and spent the rest of the night sleeping near my two rangers. I know this sounds ridiculous and fake, but I know what I saw. Now you couldn't pay me a million dollars to go up that mesa again. I've got a story. I do lots of backpacking, most recently the JMT in California. This time I was in British Columbia, at Tweedsmuir National Park, which is beautiful and mostly wilderness. It gets cold and the mosquitoes are the size of horses if you go in the summer, but it is definitely worth it for those who like to be very much alone. So one day, about four days in, the sun was going behind the mountains, so I set up camp and ate dinner and crawled into my tent, ready to go to sleep, and I was just kind of laying there in my sleeping bag dozing off when I noticed this smell. At first I thought it was my socks, which I had drying out in the tent, but the smell literally got worse and worse. A mixture between that animal smell you smell in a cave or dog kennel, puke, and a bit of skunk. It was horrible. Normally, I wouldn't pay attention to such things, but my imagination was running wild and I clutched my Swiss army knife for dear life as I listened to the sounds outside the tent, where every creak of a branch and the wind sounded like something walking around. Pine needles hitting the top of the tent were seriously terrifying and I was holding my breath trying to be as quiet as possible. The hair stood up all over my body and something was literally screaming at me to run, but I was too afraid to move. Then something knocked over my camp stove and made off with my spork, which I had cleaned and left out a few feet from camp, and that was it. I left the next day. There were no footprints of anything that I could find, although the pine needles don't leave much to go on anyway, but I couldn't shake the feeling of being watched. I hiked 27 miles back to the road in a day. I can still remember the smell like it was yesterday. I went camping with some of my friends last year at a place known as a shooting range for the first few miles of the trail. We go pretty deep so we just hear the odd shot of people practicing in the early afternoon. The day comes and goes, 
We have our good times and all compete to be camp king. It's a very hilly terrain at the beginning of a mountain so we do a competition of whoever hikes to the highest and stuff there is the king of that trip, then head to bed. I woke up in the middle of the night to someone pissing on the side of the bed, I sit up angry and grab my knife thinking who the f is pissing on my tent? I doubt it's any of my friends because I heard a truck nearby earlier. I was about to yell who's pissing on my tent. But had the thought of whoever has the balls to piss on a tent with two other big tents next to it has gotta have a gun with them. So I calmly lay my ass back down. The next morning I ask if anyone had heard anything and they say no. After an hour or two I hear it again and it's just my tent pouring water off the side. My dumbass got scared from rain. 